1: Is everything my all right? Is Whoa! Nothing <laughs> has happened to my voice. Uh, there we go. Uh, welcome everybody. It is time for another edition of the unofficial Forty Podcast, and uh, I am just now learning that my voice is shot today. So uh, we are here in studio as uh, Josh uh joins us as well, Eddie Radosevich, and we're giving George a little bit of a, a timeout. A timeout right now, where we brought Bob in to start the show as well. George, is, uh, George and Eddie have been working overtime on the YouTube channel. You guys are doing a fantastic job. But Thank you. It's been a uh, lot of fun to do YouTube. Dot, I'm doing a fantastic job. Thank you. Uh, YouTube.com slash Soonerscoop. Go check it out, and, uh, the, and you'll get some great content. And we're getting ready to do our first uh, Josh YouTube recruiting video. So uh, we're going to keep adding and adding to the content. And I know everybody likes to ask about the office and stuff like that. Uh, I, I believe I was called the cable guy last week by uh, Teddy Lehman. Uh, which Gabe Eichert started, <laughs> so um, I feel like that's a term of in of an, an term of endearment. So I'm not I'm not starting any more fights this week. I'm just gonna let that go. Uh, so, but no, I don't know. We'll see. We'll uh, see we how have, this thing. I guess unfold. the show she is still the button. a lot to, a lot to go. But no, I mean, I think kind of what you know.
2: I was really looking forward to uh, the weekly segment of advice for young reporters, but if we have to move on and we're not going to do appreciate
1: that. it. Apparently, um, <laughs> it's not going to be sponsored. Uh, anyway, no, I mean, I think what's Staples. cool about The Office and all the work that's been put into it, and, and look, there's no more cabling to do, really. I mean, uh, we do have another studio that I'm going to start working on, but I think the, the main thing that I want people to know about The Office uh, is it allows us, like, you know, we started doing those YouTube videos a few weeks ago, and Eddie was recording them and, uh, you know, putting them all together. And it would take him like three hours after they were done uh, just to edit it all. Put well, the technically, video in. it was
2: just the upload process that takes quite a while. But yeah, going back through and adding video. And I know and that, that from doing the stuff.
1: Isaiah Thomas show. It's like, you know, those were such big productions. I would sometimes take six hours to put those together afterwards. So that kind of put the light bulb on was like what this really is about is we have a production room where like the YouTube video that we did last night. Looked exactly like all the other ones we did. It's just Eddie puts in the work ahead of time to get the videos, get them ready to play, and we just you know flip switches. And I don't know what Josh is looking at. Like he's just staring at a ceiling. Is that like your default setting?
0: <laughs> you are <have a, laughs> look like you're I forget, staring I, at the I, ceiling. I, see, this is going to be a new TV. world for me did getting TV? used to you guys being able to see me all the time. Uh, no, I am watching way, a replay know, of an Arsenal game that I didn't get to see. Oh, okay. so that's oh happening. God. Uh, is your TV on your ceiling? What the hell is going on? Like it's <laughs> it's way up in the corner in my in my office. It's up above Tiffany my head. Tiffany makes you hide it so nobody else can see it. Yes, but ba- ba- basically, basically. So uh, you have to
2: tuck it. <laughs> 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 The TV That's what I'm talking about TV. What? Come on now
1: TV. Have you just continued to stay outside? By the way, you're even redder than you were uh, last, week. last week. Yeah, we might need
2: to add some uh, some makeup to the uh, Josh McLeish uh, recruiting segment this afternoon. Uh,
0: well, we could make that a segment because Laney would be happy to be my makeup girl. So <laughs> she, she would absolutely do me up in makeup and we could just see how that comes out every day.
1: No, but to finish off the point, um, you know what this is really about is about speed. It's about being able to produce stuff uh, quickly. And when we're done, it's just like we learned this with the podcast. We we bought a bunch of really good equipment so we can just do it, get it out there. And I know I'm going to take a lot of a lot of shit for that uh, because sometimes it doesn't get out real fast. Uh, Not very often, but you know, for the most part, it lets us do things on the fly. Groove lately? Yeah, we've We've been been in 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 a pretty good groove lately. Um, but you know. That's what it comes down to. We'll be able to do more stuff with Eddie, more stuff with George, more stuff with Bob, more stuff with Josh, uh, and it'll be, you know, it it helps us kind of reach the masses. I mean, like, you look at the YouTube comments, it's a totally different world than anything we've experienced before. Uh, It's just a, you can tell it's a different audience, and that's what we're trying to do here, is just reach as many people as we can, so... Uh, We're very excited about moving forward with the future. It's only going to get better. uh, And we're going to have, you know, other things besides t-shirts for you to look at in the near future as well. So uh, that being said... Congratulations once again to Edward Radosevich. We Did It promo code. Go to Soonerscoopstore.com. Use that promo code. We Did It. I know we say it every You'll week. You'll get but 20% off your— Now, we're out of extra-largest and largest. We're out of extra And we're large. not reordering. Like yeah. this is, We're getting rid of it. Uh, we've got like 17 or 16 flags left. Um, a Maybe lot of, even
2: not— That many? Because I think there was some yesterday. Okay, it's somewhere around that number, though. There's not. It's running out fast, right?
1: So you better get in there and get your Lindsey Street merch. Also, the softball merch. It's we're not reordering that either. Uh, So yeah, get in there, get that twenty percent off your Lindsey Street gear because it's going. When it's gone, it will not return.
2: I do think that we have a somewhat of an idea for maybe a shirt this early fall. We'll see. We need to probably run it. They come to us quickly. There's there's something that happened that we'll get into in the podcast that maybe we need to put on a shirt.
1: Well, and uh, it is time for the Enjoy Vision uh, look around, uh, the fresh perspective. And, you know, I think that's one thing we've talked about, Eddie, just you and I. Like, we're ready for the season to go because we don't know what the the personality of this team is going to be. Sure. Uh, what kind of, you know, uh, what exactly what's going to happen in terms of who stands out, who, what becomes – Something that people can rally around, I mean I think that 's the you know one of the things, not just for merch purposes but the, the one one of the really fun things that we 're looking forward to with this season
2: yeah and i I think that this is the point of the season or the point of the preseason where there 's only so much you can talk about. I think that for a lot of these guys in a lot of these positions that have question marks uh who 's going to step up at wide receiver is Andre L. anthony really going to be that guy? Uh, you know, I we got into we can get into a little bit of what Jeff Levy talked about last night. There's a name at wide receiver that I find to be quite fascinating, just because we haven't talked about him a whole lot. Like, where does LV Bunkley Shelton figure into this role? He talked a lot about trust last night and trusting LV out on the field. Can he be a guy? Defensive line is a, still a big question mark for me. I know that's something that George and I talked about, like kind of a buy or sell position wise, coming well, George in and out in the here, spring right, finally, and it was. Kind of like, I, I think DJ Terry's going to be good. You hear Andrew Rame talk about the offensive line. That was as excited. I think it helps that he's healthy yep. this year. Uh, but that starting five looks really, really good. What happens when there's an injury? So there's plenty to get into here as we sit 10 days away from kickoff. But, I mean, it's I know, somewhat here.
1: I know, Bob, and, and let me get to this LV Bunkley stuff. I mean, you know, I remember talking to Jillo O'Farouk earlier in camp and just the— uh, it's a little bit like he's an old head. Like he is a guy that they look at as a mature guy, a guy that, you know, is a leader in that room, even though he hasn't done a lot on the field. Um, but he's a guy, like you said, Eddie, I mean, we don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, he was out there at camp coaching all summer. So those are the guys when I see those guys and, and like Woody Washington was out there. Like when I, I kind of, it's like a, it's like a little notch that I put on those guys. Like, it okay, is. that's it. A, absolutely. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a plus for him.
3: It, and he did it last year, too. So I'm, even if the 2022 season, I just it was a disaster. I don't know how else to say it for Bunkley Shelton. He did, he did absolutely nothing. And that's why when I asked that question to him in the spring, he shut it down. I was like, I don't want to talk about 2022. But as long as he's been able to grow from that and not mentally weigh him down, which doesn't sound like has been the case, you know, he can use that to his advantage. We know he can produce. He did it with the Sun Devils. So let's see that version of him come back to light. But it is—I'm intrigued as to how that whole rotation is going to shake out because Jeff Levy was adamant last night. I got six or seven guys that I right. feel very confident in. But what does that look like exactly?
2: Farouk, Freeman, Stoops. Stoops. Mm-hmm. I guess you can put Andre L. Anthony, Anthony into the mix. And then it's almost like, is LV Bunkley Shelton in the mix? And then do you go one A one B with one of the tall guys? Who's going to step up and be that guy?
1: You know, I know. Now, have you started doing your morning stuff with Danny Stutzman yet? Not yet. Next week. So we started doing ours with uh, uh, Trace Ford yesterday, and I don't know if you heard anything about some of the stuff that he said. No, I didn't. I didn't see any of it. But uh, he, we asked him like, you know, offensive lineman who's who's you know really tough, and and he basically said that. You know Walter Rouse is wearing him out, which I thought was pretty interesting. Basically, said, like, there are some days in practice, I'm like, can I get in? Can I win a single rep against this guy? Like, uh, it just sounds like, you know, you hear a guy, and you, you've heard good things about Trace Ford. I mean, all, right. all through the scrimmages and stuff, yet he's out there saying, you know, the offensive line is, is giving me problems. It, it's probably one of the more, I would say that's one of from a, just a straight player. Although you know, say we got to talk about Savy on bird yesterday. No, he was amazing. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I love that man. But I mean, it 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 does show you, and we're never going to get Bill Biedenbaugh to give us like, oh, these guys. I love what's happening out there with the guys. And we talked to uh, McCade Matire. Mattier, I believe. We were even given the the phonetic pronunciation before he was allowed to take questions. Uh, but like, you do kind of feel like it's such a weird group too, because there's so many transfers in it. Like, mm-hmm. and and it's like they're kind of you feel like they're kind of coming together and a little bit
3: you could hear it with rain last night when he talked about rouse is like oh man like i don't know where we'd be with without him
1: and like, even rain well, was kind of even so rain, rain was kind of talking shit a little bit like you know i am i'm gonna dominate people i think yeah he, he said something along those lines
3: yeah I, it's like this is his fourth year here and he feels this is the most cohesive the best chemistry that they've ever had and I know people are like, well, that needs to translate because you're thinking you're going to be better. You're missing Anton, Wanye. How in the world do you think you're going to be better? But across the board with Savion, McCade, Rame, they all said it. We believe this group's going to be much better, a lot quicker, too, compared to last year. Josh, even
2: with uh, the loss of Anton Harrison and Wanya Morris, two uh, draft picks last year, do you buy into this idea that the starting five say that there aren't any injuries? Because I do think if there are injuries, you start getting into depth questions. You think that they could be better or maybe one of the best lines Oklahoma's had in, you know, X amount of years?
0: I do. I, I think there's a chance this is the best bunch since 2018. Like, and I, I mean, and could, I don't know if you want to say get in that level. But, I mean, I, I think the 2018 group, we all know, won the Joe Moore Award. I think we all agree the 2017 group was better. Um, so, you know, I, I think that is the, the interesting case and guys, that's one of those things like, I, I keep wanting to do the doom pod, but the stuff I'm hearing about the offensive line for a guy of my, my way of looking at football is having a hard time because the offensive line sounds like it's really, really coming together nicely. Like they're, they're ahead of I, I get the impression ahead of where maybe even the staff hope they would be. Um, so, I, like I said, you know, and like Carrie alluded to, Bill's never going to say that. We all know it. But just kind of listening to people and talking to some sources, like it sounds like this isn't just hype or anything like that. Because, you know, Eddie, comparing to last year, and I know Anton Harrison was a first-round pick. Tyler Guyton's got a chance to be a considerably better player than Anton Harrison. Like, and I I say that as a guy that's loved Anton Harrison, um, Guyton, Guyton is a top 10 pick if it all comes together. Like that's how gifted he is. Um, and to have that and Walter Rouse, I think has been better than people thought he was going to be maybe a little more athletic, a little more burst in his game. And then Again, I mean, we all know what Savion Bird can be. And, again, that interview yesterday, if you haven't watched it, go find it, Sooner Scoop Editorial on YouTube. That's amazing. Drop some mother effer in there. I mean, like, he belongs on this podcast. Like, we may have to NIL him soon just to have him talk uh, football with us. If you have, uh,
1: like, a, a group of guys, like Orlando Brown is top of the list of conversational cusser. Uh Savion Bird is looking to join the team. He I think the
2: best part about it was is he said it and everybody just had a huge smile on their face and this is after he's talking about Except for Mike Cow. Well, yeah. That's that's true. <laughs> We're sorry, Mike. I it, it, I thought it was one of the greatest like post-practice moments in the history. I the the thing that probably gets lost in translation cuz it hasn't been tweeted out it, it you know, you can watch the uh what he said up on uh, Sooner Scoop editorial with all the post-practice stuff on our uh, YouTube page. It was, it came after he talked about Brent Venables, Bill Bedebaugh and uh, Jerry Schmidt Shit, believing in him and staying with him and talking about building on each rep and building on everything throughout the off season, uh, you know, getting the taste of the Florida state game in his mouth and having some success there. I thought what McCade Matower was talking about or what is it Matire? Matire. okay, you still can't do my question. I, well, we'll work on it. The but I I was really impressed with McCade. I know that everybody has their own feeling on about his play on the field, but at the end of the day the guy started 13 games last year for Oklahoma. He was the only guy on the offensive line to start every game. He started, he started 41 games in a row. He's played 42 games in his career. He's played a lot of football. They can be a really good line. Uh, and especially on the interior, if everybody stays healthy.
1: Well, you know, Bob, what strikes me about McCade last night, I don't know. Were you over there with him or were you with somebody else or that was I, Monday night?
3: I was jumping around, but yeah. I, I got the last part
1: like those okay. guys, because there are so many transfers. It's like it's it's almost like it's made it easier for them to take ownership of being an Oklahoma football player, because like you talk to McCade and it's like. If you feel like he's been there since he got out of high school, he just he owns the fact that he is part of the Oklahoma football program. There's no, you know, toe or eggshells about you know being there or, or you know being able to say what he wants to say. He just owns it. Yeah,
3: he's like, I'm always, you know, I'm I'm going to be a Cal Bear, but I'm OU number one from this from from this point on. And you can just hear the ownership that those guys are are taking within the program and within the room, and it's like. They're going to go as far as these guys take them. So we're going to see what their leadership skills is all about, what they can do when they produce on the field. You know, they mentioned, like, we did really good running the ball last year. That wasn't a problem, but we need to do a heck of a lot better second and one, third and one, converting the situational football, as Jeff Levy has tried to point out throughout the last three, four months, that's where we've got to be better, and we know that, and that's going to start next Saturday.
2: I find the conversation, too, it's just hilarious talking about this offense just overall because I think everybody was so used to the, you know, just absolutely incredible historical numbers that Oklahoma put up. What if up.
1: the offense is awesome this year and the defense sucks?
2: Well, I mean, I, we, I, we, we know be, what to do with that. It'll be, we it'll know what, be what to time. do with It'll that. be the same thing that we've done. <laughs> exactly. I, but, Like If they just make a couple more plays, and I know that we've rehashed this before, like the narrative on this offense that finished top 15 in total offense a year ago and averaged I think just over 35, I think it's 32.8 a game, that should win you a lot of football games. We're talking about scoring almost five touchdowns a game. It should win you or at least put you in uh, a position in the fourth quarter to win those games. It's just about making plays.
1: I'm texting something to George right now. Uh, I'll explain the situation. Guys. George is uh, hes patiently waiting his chance to jump on the pod. And I said, uh, is my phone in the control room? And he said, yes. I said, is there water in the fridge? Yes. I'm typing. It would be awesome if you would read my mind and bring both to me. <laughs> Do something around here. I, I mean... <laughs> I Good mean Lord, the thing is George. the thing is George has been like the model employee lately. He hasn't done anything, he hasn't forgotten to take out the trash or anything like that. Like I have nothing to rip on him for. So this is my first chance to do that in a while. Sorry. Uh what's your name, Josh? Go ahead. <laughs> what's your name? <laughs> got a lot of stuff going hey, on right now. For
0: all those prospective workers out there feeling undervalued where you are, this is the kind of value you can have. Your name can go forgotten. You can cake out the trash to get rewards. It, it's a great opportunity at Sooner Scoop.
1: By the way, uh, um, you know, uh, before you get going, uh, Josh, I'm sorry. I, just, I told sure. you to take the mic no, and no, I no. took it away good, from good. you. Uh, you know, who I, I think he, George has pretty good vision, but not as good as
2: Eddie's. Well, nobody does, Kerry. Thank you. Uh, you know, talking about this Oklahoma offense, if only you had laser vision, if only you went in and saw my friends at Enjoy, You would know, and you wouldn't even have to talk about this. You wouldn't have to listen to the unofficial 40 because you would already know what's going to happen. Enjoy Vision is the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City, and it's not even close to the combination of mind-blowing technology. Experienced eyeball surgeons and exceptional patient care was life-changing for me. What they're doing for the unofficial 40 listener is they're giving $400 off if you're interested in LASIK. I know it sounds scary, but I got through it by help of a couple volumes, and I think that you could too. You need to go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter N-J-O-Y, Me.com and use promo code U40 for $400 off with Enjoy Vision. Enjoy Vision. This is where you lay sick.
1: All right. Uh, thanks to Enjoy for being a great sponsor of the pod. Uh, now, Josh, uh, I'm sorry. I give you the full floor now, and I'm sorry I'm distracting you from Arsenal action as well.
0: No, no. Uh, you know, the the thing and you know, Eddie's t- we're talking about making some plays on defense and the guy that you keep hearing. And I, I know you guys hear these, like it's, I am, I'm out in the wilderness. And so like, I swear, I hear things just a little later than you do on some of these th- things. It's just the way it goes. But the guy whose name seems like it's, everybody's talking about right now is Justin Harrington. Are we going to do this again? We're doing is, it is again, this man. Happen? Yes. I, how many times can we do the Justin Harrington's going to be special? And then we like last year you were hearing like, Oh, he's going to be a playmaker. He's going to have a big role. And he never did anything. And I'm not like, I think Justin Harrington's extremely talented, but at some point, aren't we going to be like, let's just wait and see. Like, let's, let's see him make some plays before we anoint him. And how he gets picked over to son McCullough based on what has been publicly available. I don't understand. I think people were
3: worried about what Desaun looked like coming after summer. I think they thought he'd be bigger. It almost seemed like he was leaner. And 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 him dropping back in coverage, whether or not he can actually do it. And we don't even know if Justin can do it either, to be honest. (laughs) But I think maybe the expectation was that McCullough would separate himself more from Harrington. And that, I'm not sure, has actually happened.
1: Yeah, but I mean, here's... And here's what, you know, I think the crux of it is, Josh, which one's the better playmaker? Because when we've seen McCullough in the spring game, he was the guy making all the plays. He was the guy that looked like he had instincts. He looked like he had ball skills.
0: And we just haven't seen that from Justin Harrington yet. Agreed. And and the thing I kind of come back to is, and it's something that Teddy said, and I thought it was really well said, was McCullough's a little better near the line of scrimmage, making plays against the run, working bubble screens? Like we've seen that, you know, yep. we saw it in the spring game where he broke up some passes and made some plays. While Harrington, with his defensive back background, is a little more, you know, comfortable in coverage, and that that makes sense. It's, but when you look at this defense, where is their problem? I don't think it's in like in. I think if there's anywhere you say they should be pretty comfortable, or there's more reason to believe they're comfortable. It's in past defense. They've got a lot more experience. I think we agree probably more top-end talent back there than in the front. So I want to do everything I can to help that front in the run game, and if that's where McCullough excels, that just makes sense to me. But again, I admit there's a whole bunch of things I don't know and can't have seen, so I, I get it. But this just feels like this thing we do with a couple of guys every year.
2: Are we just overthinking it, too? And it's going to be very situational as far as when those guys are out on the field. And i like, for instance, uh, George's uh, mailbag on Monday, he does a uh, projected two deep kind of right before the season starts the final one. And everybody got in, I think in, in a way when they don't see the guy that they really want to see out there on that quote unquote, starting 11. I mean, they're going to be playing a lot of guys. Is everybody just overthinking this? And is it easier uh, easy enough to just say they're both going to play quite a bit
0: and that would make a world of sense to me like i and i i can get behind that cuz i admit like McCullough, he's going to have some issues like there there's some things he's learning his way through like i get all that that's fine but just to be like harrington is the guy ah, man i i it's the it's the same thing with marcus major like we're hearing marcus major now and you're like I feel like I've done this. I know what I know where this road goes. Um, with Harrington, it's not quite the same because there's not nearly as much time and you know true chances at you know kind of bites at the apple, I guess you'd say. So I, I agree, and I think that's that's going to be one of the strengths of this defense is its ability to rotate. Is that there is you know like you guys keep talking about competitive depth, there is some opportunity for these guys to stay fresh and be ready to go in the fourth quarter and maybe. It does turn into, okay, you know, with what this, you know, what TCU's doing against us, Justin Harrington's a better fit. What Texas is doing against us, Desan McCullough is a better fit. That's who we're going to give the lion's share to in the fourth quarter or whatever. Maybe it turns into that a little bit.
2: I want to talk more about Marcus Major, but let's stay on the defensive side of the football in a position that is obviously going to be really important. Have we, like, I, we've talked about the defensive line, so many bodies out there, they're new guys. And I think that everybody just kind of kind of expects a DJ Terry to step into a role. Kind of expects a uh, Jacob Lacey to step into a role. Rondell Bothroy, Trace Ford, same can be said for them. Linebacker, I almost, I don't know. I Has it been given a little bit of a pass in just expecting that Jaron Canick's going to step into a role and be ready to, to take that role? Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis. Like, I, I feel good about Danny Stutzman. I think that everybody knows that. But... Everybody else around him, it's just, you're kind of in that situation of, I think they're going to be really good. see it first.
1: Here's the thing. Uh, I mean, we know this. We didn't watch Brent, like, every step of the way at Clemson, but his history at Oklahoma suggests he likes to find his guy, and unless that guy gets hurt, he doesn't do a lot of shuffling. I mean, you go back to, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds getting hurt against Texas. God, how many lifetimes ago was that? And uh oh poor Brandon crow, I mean, never live that down uh and it, you know, it's like when Travis Lewis got hurt before the 2011 season uh they kind of made do until he got back for that Florida State game uh it's like Brent he he focuses in on the linebackers that he likes the most, and that's who he goes you know he he ride or dies with that guy well and maybe
2: even, those two guys maybe even also maybe more who he trusts. Right. I think that's a big part. And that goes into everything else. And probably at every position, you have to have a little bit of trust.
1: But also, Josh, you can speak to this. He probably has the most depth right now than any of the years that he was at Oklahoma as a linebackers coach. I'm not saying quality depth, but mm -hmm. like legitimately highly recruited players stacked
0: on one another. I I think that's probably fair. Um, And I think more than anything, Kerry, it would be the, there's a lot with the exception of Danny Stutzman, there's a lack of differentiation between the guys. Like there's no, you know, obviously Danny starts wherever he's going to start, whether it's Will or Mike or whatever they end up coming up with, but everybody else, like I can make a case for why they do make sense. And I can make a case for why they don't make sense. Like there's not a clear divide between that next group. There's five or six guys that are all of, very different skill sets but diff you know similar levels of expectation i guess you could say um so i i think that's kind of an interesting thing i i mean guys we know me i want jaron Canick out there i think he's the freak athlete he's the guy with the most upside like that that's what makes sense to me but at the same time i get that it's such a nuanced position it probably more than anywhere on the defense you have to avoid that kind of thought line which is why i thought Connor Neer made a lot of sense because he's just such a savvy kid, gonna, you know, g- comes in with a lot of experience, knows what he's looking at a little bit better than some of these young guys. But then I'm at the same time, said Connor I mean, Neer because I was oh, worried that
1: George Story was gonna bust in here and steal a microphone. <sighs> <here at> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, like you know, and then you have Kobe McKenzie, who I, you know, I, I have to admit. Kobe has surprised me. Like, I worried when I saw him as a senior if he was going to just be too big, if he was going to grow into, like, a defensive end. But it sure sounds like he's done everything he needs to do to be a, you know, at least a contributor for this defense. Well, he's different, too, in that,
1: you know, you go out and watch those guys. He's one of the – he's the big guy. I mean, like, you know, Kip Lewis is a smaller guy. Uh, You know, he makes everyone else look a little small. But you do wonder, like, okay, is that going to translate to speed and quickness? And, like, you know, is he going to be, you know, a guy that can chase down ball carriers left and right? Like, like, that's my only question about Kobe McKenzie at this point. And really, I guess that's your question about everybody uh, other than Danny Stutzman, which, you know, he can do that. Just can he do it consistently? And is he going to do that more consistently this year? All right. Pod's over. I think we solved OU football.
0: We, we we have we figured it, it all out. That's we amazing did. work, guys.
1: Okay, so, I I mean, do we want to... Was there anything else to fit? I mean, obviously, the secondary. I mean, a lot of Reggie Pearson talk. Uh, yeah. I I mean, d-
2: the safety position is just there's so many guys. I'm at the point, you know, you want to see Peyton Bowen out there. I, I, I'm almost to the point where I don't even care where he's at, but there is... Some give and take there because there, there are going to be busts. And, you don't know, you
1: think he kind of fits in the PJ out of Bore category, though, where you know you play him a little bit as a season starts, you see how he progresses, he yep. uh, and I'm, then midway through the season, maybe he takes it over? I would say yes. Not but that I would PJ's also say that. that it's
2: probably because well, I, I know how tough safety is. Is it easier for Peyton Bowen to just step in and be a playmaker than it would be for a PJ because you don't have to be? "Quote unquote" as physical on the line of scrimmage.
1: I just think Peyton Bowen's value is that he he sniffs out the football. Yeah, I mean he is a guy that they
2: just simply haven't had with ball skills in the secondary. I mean, Billy Bowman's they,
1: a little bit like that. I mean,
2: sure, but Billy Bowman at the same time, like, can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? I well, don't even, put him on kickoff return. Even somebody like a Key Lawrence, like I'm somewhat intrigued by what he's done in the preseason. I just remember back to last year and him taking bad angles, yep. and maybe that kind of stuff can be cleaned up. Uh, I, you know, it, I mean, I'm defense, almost more interested in cornerback than I am safety. I, guess I would say this say. for
1: for Billy Bowman: that defense was clearly worse when they lost him to injury. 100. It and, was. It was. They, they, they had think a that chance. It could be worse, and the secondary wasn't good, but they had a chance when he was out there. Uh, and then Woody Washington had you know that weird game against TCU, and then he started to come back, but. I mean, they had to overcome a lot of other things, and Billy Bowman, I mean, you can't tell me that he's not a key part of this defense. I'm not saying you are, but...
3: No, 100%. Yeah, you're right. Then it's just going to be how it shakes out between Pearson and Bowen and Lawrence. Like, you know about those four. Who rises to the top? Who falls Robert Spears? We know he hasn't been able to do much because of the shoulder, but, I mean, I'm just so intrigued to see... You know, guys that if they don't get the reps that they wanted or that they expected, what? how does their demeanor change or does it change?
2: 100%. And, you know, I, Robert Spears Jennings is kind of one of those perfect examples of because he's been banged up, because he hasn't been able to uh, do a whole lot in, as far as contact goes, I just remember back to what he did a year ago. And maybe that was flashing on a really bad defense. But he did it as a freshman. You would have to think that he's going to make that progression as a sophomore. I want to see Robert Spears Jennings out there. But now you're talking about – and it's a good problem to have. They have a lot of bodies for two or three positions.
1: Uh, by the way, let's we're going to switch over to the offensive side of things. Before we do that, I want to remind you guys of our great sponsor, PrimeShrimp.com, P-R-I-M-E, Shrimp.com. Find your flavor, chef-inspired taste. For any occasion, you want a restaurant-quality meal at home uh, that's easy. You just put on some boiling water, drop in your prime shrimp. Within 10 minutes, you've got a restaurant-quality meal just sitting right in front of you. Uh, Choose from a a lot of different selections. And by the way, uh, make your order $50 or more more and use the promo code U40. You'll get 25% off that order. It could be garlic herb butter shrimp, uh, New Orleans-style barbecue, signature Cajun season, French Quarter Alfredo, uh, lemon and cracked pepper. I mean, I go on and on, go to the website, prime find your flavors, uh, chef inspired taste, uh, for any occasion. So you want a nice meal? you got a date night, maybe, uh, uh, Stoya would probably, you know, he, I know we need to get him some packs of these, but he's doing a lot of dating apparently up there in Oklahoma city. Uh, he could probably look really impressive if he got the prime shrimp, uh, and, uh, maybe go a little bit further that night uh, if if he impressed with that's
2: that. all unconfirmed. We know <laughs> we don't take carry on bachelor parties because he's going to run his mouth about people's affairs. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. That's probably true. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're
2: selling him out here. He can't even
1: defend true. himself. Uh, yeah, Well, that's I, why I I'm mean, doing this to he, him because he's in the other room swarming we, right now.
0: Can we talk about how George feels about being termed as a, doing a lot of dating? Because if it's one girl, which is my belief. Oh, my God. Will you stop steering him
1: towards marriage and kids <laughs> and all that unavailability?
0: I've heard that's a life achievement. Before we get into, well,
1: <laughs> you guys. Well, you have bested me, Josh Question: You you're are in, married. You're and in. Bob has too.
2: You might need to fly up. Uh, from uh, Houston to go to a post-practice so we don't have to uh, deal with any type of wrath that comes back.
1: Anyway, primestrip.com. Use that promo code uh, U40, and uh, you can get 25% off your order, $50 or more.
2: Somebody that we did, real quick, before we get into the offense stuff, I don't think I've heard as much hype around Gentry Williams as I was hoping that I was going to during the preseason. You've heard none. And maybe that's a good thing? We also but, haven't talked to corners. True. You just, we talked to Woody. And we've, want, requested,
1: we've requested Gentry, but he's never been made available.
2: But, I mean, on the re, on the flip
1: side of that... And he wasn't at the freshman day either, or the newcomer day. Yeah, well, Gentry, was yeah he was. Gentry? Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Was. He, was, he, was, he was. He was. Yeah, that's right. On the flip side of that, it seems like
2: Josiah Wagner might end up being one of the next great cornerbacks at Oklahoma. It's, it's still early in his development, and I say development, I think he's going to play quite a bit. I wouldn't be... Just completely blown away, shocked if he was the first person to run out there alongside Woody Washington
1: on September second. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not. Josh would term, you know, um, what are your 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 predictions every year? Fearless. Fearless It's not a fearless Fearless. prediction, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a good prediction. It's a, it's a prediction made by a man who's kept his ear to
0: the ground. Ah, and I don't think you're. I don't think you're far off at all. No, I guys, it, there's a part of me that thinks that's what's going to happen. Like I, I just, the buzz or like, cause you heard his name in the spring and we've all seen that with like freshmen. Oh, right. they, they've got a lot of early buzz. And then once the summer hits and fall, they get worn down because they're just younger. They're, you know, kind of like what Savion bird, uh, excuse me, what Jaden Gibson was talking about on Monday, where he just said, you don't even realize when you get there, how much advantage these guys have because all the workouts they've been doing for three or four years and all these things, and with Wagner, you kind of thought, okay, he's going to hit the wall, he's going to hit the wall, and you just keep talking to people, and that's not happening. I mean, it, it sounds like he just continues to grow and impress people, and uh, again, the 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 Williams silence, it's weird. Like, I can't decide if they kind of think they've got something and nobody's talking about it, or if he's not doing anything. I, I don't know which one it is.
1: I, I You wonder, like, is it just kind of one of those things, like, that was a weird thing that happened to him with the, the exhaustion thing or whatever. Like, is it just that they've taken, you know, they, they've kind of, you know, treated him with kid gloves and maybe it's, it's kind of hurt his confidence a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, that's just spec wild speculation on my part.
2: Right. And you know, it, it could be, it's one of those preseason questions that is just not going to be answered until they start playing. Uh, he could be having a phenomenal camp. You just hear more about
1: Wagner. It's just we haven't talked do. to the right person yeah. to say. Yeah, I mean, possibly
3: so. We literally just talked to Woody, and that—that's it when it comes to corners. And Brent's and been pretty. You know, he's been yeah.
1: asked like, uh, and
3: we didn't talk to Brent this week. Either.
1: But he was asked last time he did media, like, "What about the corner opposite Woody?" And he wasn't even willing to say that there was an opposite of Woody. Like, he was he was saying like, "It's up in the you know, it's all up in the air." And, so, and you
2: know, I. I think Kendall Dolby's come along. I think that what they expected to get is what they have got from him and being a physical corner. Jaden Rowe's still somebody,
1: you look at his body style, and I know that he's made some plays in the scrimmages. That I think people have asked us if he's still on the team just because we haven't talked about him. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a one guy that Brent was complimentary of when he was asked about him.
3: Just For a lot of them, it's just staying healthy, like Rowe. he's He just hasn't been able to do it, and so he's going to have to prove that he can – Go through an entire camp session and going into the season and just be available, as Brent would love to say. I
2: thought Connie Walker was a guy last year that you know physically he looks great. He's still rather young in the program. I,
3: I, I just don't know. I, like for, to, to, to Connie, I think it's Kanai. It, Kanai. Okay. Yeah. Like, it, like
0: it's Connie? just it's just Eddie's earning it. He, he, this is all initiation <laughs> for pick Eddie off a pass or
3: knock down a
2: ball, and maybe I'll pronounce it correctly. <laughs>
1: Is it weird? Austin
2: that, Siebert still waiting for his moment.
1: Did another kicker besides Josh Plaster made the Ray Guy list today?
2: No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think it I think Luke Elzinga, I don't say I, I don't think he's won the job, but I think that he's had a really good game. Well, I
1: mean, they here's the thing about that. Usually on those lists, they go to the university and they say, "Do you have any candidates?" And and if it's someone that's never kicked before, it kind of tells you that in Zing, in I, it, it, I god I have a radio partner that makes it is going to make me crazy saying his name Elzinga. uh it, it must mean that he got some kind of nod from whoever's talking to the watch list people. I think Jay
2: Nunez really likes the guy I mean they brought him in for what Eastern Michigan he has to I don't think he has a booming leg but I think he is a very very good uh punter inside Consistent, of, yeah consistently yeah, we know pooch punt we know it right. We
3: know that was one of the reasons brought him in
1: All right uh so Offensively, I mean, we talked a little bit earlier about kind of the offensive line there. Uh, the receiver position certainly uh, is. I think we we can all agree that's the one that's the biggest unknown. Just, I mean, outside of the guys that we know have production and we expect Gavin Freeman to be, but yeah, I mean, uh, Brennan Tom- Thompson's a guy that's you know been injured a little bit, and but his name still comes up uh, in terms of speed guys, uh, and I think that's one thing. You know, it was good talking to Jeff Lebby yesterday, uh, but, you know, you can tell he's kind of excited about the variety that they have receiver. And he wants to see when they start playing real games, like who's going to emerge. But I thought maybe one of the more interesting things yesterday was just him talking about the running back room.
3: Yeah, I I think you know they love what, what they've got there. And I just think you have to, as Josh has said, temper your expectations with Marcus Major. Like don't expect him to be the guy that has fifteen to twenty carries. But if he's healthy for like five to ten, that's good. Keep on leaning on that. You have Gavin Sawchuk, Javante Barnes. Like you're not questioning what you've got in in that room and by do by having that much potential and production. I don't know if Dylan's going to be needed in the quarterback run game. I, I think it's something people want to see more of this season. But when you've got those backs, it might not be necessary. I I'm, have, I'm I
1: raising have, my hand. I, I have a question, too.
2: I'm buying into the Marcus Major. Hype.
1: Oh, no. Okay, oh, so let, me, let me ask you, man. This <laughs> shows how my how trash my voice is. Let me ask you this question. Outside of the Cotton Bowl. What great performance has Marcus Major ever given as a running?
2: Well, pass? I mean, he was playing behind Eric Gray a year ago, and Gray had the coming out party in Nebraska. But there are moments he has nice highlights. Well, nice He's, highlights. Run, but he's he, run the ball. He just hasn't been healthy. He has I'm to stay not. Healthy. I'm not calling. Him if trash. he stays healthy, I I'm think
1: just th- saying you've got Javante Barnes, you've got Gavin Satchuk. Gavin got Satchuk got played
2: in one game. Marcus Major played and, and more than he still has. Still
1: better than what I saw from Marcus Major playing against a Florida team that had given up. In the Cotton
2: Bowl. I I think that Marcus Major has had a really good camp. He just has to stay healthy.
1: Well, he has to be available, too. Last year, he didn't miss games because of health. It was because of academics. No, that, that was a year before. Oh, the year before. Okay.
3: But, I mean, that's like every year it's been something.
1: Yeah. So, he's got to figure it out. And I think, weren't we chasing that reports that he had quit
3: last year? No. What, what we were chasing is during the spring, all of a sudden, we didn't see him. That's last right. week yeah. at, we're like, wait a minute, is Major about to hit the portal? And so we found out it was something with his elbow or shoulder because we saw him the next day. He just couldn't participate. Like even during spring, he's had to go. And how many issues. how
1: many times have you heard this staff say the best ability is availability? Exactly. And he's not been available. And when he has I just think that we spent so much time, you know. Saying when is he going to get healthy? We, you know, why can't we see more Marcus Major? Like it's the whole fan base and even the media. Like I think it's been this thing. Like okay, I can't wait to see Marcus Major when he can finally play. Yeah, but there's not enough evidence to suggest he should be beating out anybody on that roster right now. I mean, I yeah. I it, it's all no, fact. No.
2: it's all fatty has gone go, gone away no it's He's all not fact, but I it. he has run the ball extremely well in the preseason there are
1: reasons to be excited I, I agree and you know it, it's it's like you wanted him to do short yardage you know early on in his career because it I mean I, I know I was ripping on Eric Gray for not being able to convert on short yardage and then he had a fantastic year last year but I was in the camp at one point that I wanted to see Marcus Major more than Eric Gray
2: I'm I mean, we calling did some, in backup. We did some Hall of
1: Fame shitting on Eric Gray.
2: I'm well, yes, <laughs> and we were wrong.
1: <laughs> we were wrong. I'm
2: calling in a backup. I need a ally on the Marcus Major uh, hype train. Are you saying it's my? I'm thing?
3: writing a story about
1: him, but I'm not saying. I'm, Are you saying you
2: would I'm like to bring in it.
1: George Stoya?
2: Well, I'm. Just, I'm just saying George. He said that he thinks that. Uh, Marcus Major will take the first carry, and I
1: agree. I will give up my I will give up my seat to George Stoya. I first want to say, Josh, I, I need to make an apology to you. We are you 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 live in a constant heat dome, so there's no complaining that we can do in Oklahoma. Uh, but we are in a heat dome, and I've I, I've determined something about myself, Josh, and you're not going to be happy. I am no longer a flip flop guy. I I I've become the. Like I have these Colhans that are just the, the they have shoelaces, but they're just decorative, and I I become a slip-on shoe guy with dead socksy no-shows. To me, that's more comfortable than flip-flops.
0: Well, I, I know that's I certainly leader. understand the appeal of the dead socksy no-show, but and that's what I wear when I I, I have some shoes like that, Harry. When when I <laughs> no you <laughs> excuse don't me, when I'm going to dress up. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> I have I probably have 20 pairs of shoes but my daughters look at me funny when I don't have flip-flops on they're like why like last night we went out to dinner uh for our anniversary and the girls are like dad you got shoes on i'm like well, bad yeah i'm not us. wearing flip-flops to a white you know white uh linen dinner that that would feel a little little uh Low rent, even for me. Well, I'm glad it wasn't so, a uh, only dinner. <laughs> that's I you yes, could. yes. That, Moving I on, I believe they are open to all. So that that that's my understanding. So, um but yeah, it. I don't know, Carrie. I don't know how you do. I I still think you've got to try the Olakai, but you know, if you've lost your way, then there's nothing I can do for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still i I will give Olakai a chance because I've had their shoes and they're fantastic. I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the point I'm making is, is that Dead Soxy, deadsoxy.com, Deadsocksy.com the no-show collection. There's nothing like it. I mean, especially uh, no matter how hot it is out there, it's it's refreshing. I mean, it's like little clouds on your feet, uh, and you get the slip-on shoes with them, and it's just a gr- outstanding summer uh, wear. Basically, no matter how hot it is. Also, the new uh, you know uh, crimson colorways are out there. Go check them out, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y. Uh, use that promo code SCOOP, and you'll get 25% off your entire order, even the, the stuff that's on sale. Your, your total cart would be 25%. I've told you guys this before. Their customer service is unbeatable. Uh, when you make a purchase through them, they take care of you. Uh, if anything goes wrong, give them a call. I had a buddy uh, out in my – I talked about him out in San Francisco – Uh, I still need to check back with him, but he ended up with a hole in one of his socks. I said, just call him, and I'm sure they will take care of him because their customer service, like I said, second to none. Go check him out, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com, 25% off using that promo code, Scoop. All right, I am now going to uh, let Eddie have his ally, his new best friend, uh, George Stoy. so I will uh, take off. and, And George, come on in here, youngster. Is he given up? Is he quit? Okay, here he is. Here's George, the dating man Stoya to take over.
2: You can't tell him anything. Can't take him to a bachelor party, can't take him to a strip club. I mean, you
4: just can't do it. Can't do it. George. We need to I, we need to bleep all of that. Remove that from, <laughs> remove that from the record. No, I don't think they listen to the pod, so we're good. But,
2: Join the good side and state your case for Marcus Major, please.
4: Yeah, no, I um I uh, rep- I put in my mailbag that I think he's going to be the starting running back, and now I didn't put any ors. I do think when they put out the depth chart, it'll be some sort of Javante Barnes or Marcus Major. But I I think Marcus is going to take the first carry of I the agree. season. Um,
3: I just don't think he'll take the most.
4: No, 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 no. Yeah, and <laughs> that that's fair. I I would agree with that. I just think he is going to play a a, a much uh, uh, major role. No pun intended. Um this season than people maybe realize and and he's had a great fall camp and you know I I think we've all kind of heard that from everybody he looks great physically um I I know Bob you talked to him a little bit yesterday sounds like he feels the healthiest he's ever felt so uh, I think he's a guy that um is gonna play quite a bit and and you look at that room they have so many guys I mean I think Atawi Walker sounds like he's gonna maybe play some um you know sachuk has been hurt at some point there are like
2: too many guys, though. There's only oh, yeah. so many carries. You're not going to go play around. everybody. Exactly. No, but
4: I do think, but I don't think it's going to be a situation like last year where it was it was the Eric Gray show. Right. I think it's going to be more of a rotation, and I think it'll probably be ended up being two guys by the end of the year. And I was high on Sawchuk, but when you look at the injury that he's had, which I don't think we know exactly what it is, but he's been held out of a significant amount of time in fall camp. I just don't know if he's going to be ready to be. Hundred percent and thrown into the fire come game one, and that's what's led me to Marcus. Majors had a great camp, and Javante Barnes has been good, uh, but he's also still a young guy. So I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of trust there with Marcus.
2: Could he be like a? I don't know if this is a bad comparison, but I'm I'm looking at like Brennan Clay's junior season. He had 93 for 555. I don't think he's going to get 93 carries, but I could maybe buy something like that.
3: Right. Yeah. that's okay and what's weird about the running back spot is all those backs will tell you they feel better at carry 15 to 20 than five five to ten so I'll, I'll be very intrigued to see how this works out because um, they also we, I get stronger as the game keep keeps going but if you feel as confident as you do about all three of these does there does a lead dog develop or do we just keep going situational and rotational and you know they all, have around, like, 10 to 12. Well, and
2: I, I think the other thing, Josh, too, is the just simply efficiency-wise, are they going to continue trying to go up and down the field? It's different if you're moving the sticks, but it's probably a little bit harder to get guys out there. Like, we talk about the six and seven guys' rotation at the wide receiver position. You talk about rotating uh, running backs in there that I think is a pretty healthy stable. But at the same time, when you're going up and down the field as fast as they want to go, you're not going to be subbing anybody.
0: No, and, and guys, I asked the same question last year, or maybe it was two years ago. I can't even remember because I we've we've had this Marcus Major conversation before. It scares me to count on him. Like that that's the mm-hmm. thing that I'm like I think that's fair. What how how do you like can you build a game plan that Marcus Major exists in, or is he just part of what you do? and you hope it works out like I I don't want to say like we're gonna he's gonna be our goal line guy or like if I if I'm that staff like I don't want to live in that world because it scares me that it's gonna bite me and then all of a sudden we get to mid-season and he's hurt again and we've got to refigure out you know reconstitute our entire offensive system in a certain setting whether it's a Um, a goal line package or whether it is something we do in a certain down and distance, like whatever it may be, that would, that would scare me because there's just, this isn't like, Oh, he had an injury and it's, he has had constant injury since his time. And it hasn't been one body part. It
3: hasn't been one body part. That's what gets scary. It's always something. Mm -hmm. And that makes it like, maybe the body just breaks down. And that's what he mentioned. Yes. Last night he's like, I got to do better job. With the recovery room, I need to be more proactive in doing what I can do. Some you know, some of it's going to come down to luck and stuff like that, but I got to make sure I do every little thing that allows me to stay healthy.
2: You know, in all of these post-practice interviews, I think that we have come back over here to the office, and we've talked about just like every guy set is saying all the right things. And I know that we kind of get into this mode during the preseason where to a certain extent you're hearing – Everything everybody says is, okay, yeah, I, I could buy into that. It's kind of like the offensive line last night. It's like I told George on the way home, it's like, Adrian Rehm has me thinking they're going to win the Joe Moore Award. But at the same time, like, Jaden Gibson and what he was able to do, Josh, I don't know if you uh, saw that interview that we did with him. Is about 18 minutes long. That is one of the most impressive, like, and I don't want to say a turnaround in maturity, but you can tell that last year and the way that, and George, we talked about it on the YouTube show it just seems like he gets it. He gets his role. And you just got to see him be able to get out there on the field and produce.
0: Yeah, I, I did see it. And I, I really do make an effort to see all that you guys do. Because, I mean, that's that's my lifeline. That's one of the ways I can – I feel like I can come on here and have any idea what you all are talking about half the time since I'm not there day to day. But there is um, – it's one of those things, again, where – he, I feel differently about. Like, I, I can buy the okay. Last year was what it was. He wasn't ready. He kind of got thrown out there because there wasn't enough, enough. Mm, excuse me, enough depth in that wide receiver room. So I understand that. Like, and I, I can get behind it. And when you're talking about a guy with that kind of talent that, as a sophomore, clearly has seen, like, okay, I've got to change the way I'm doing things. And the fact that. Somebody like he had to sit down and be like, "You've got to get bigger, man. Like you, you can't. You're not gonna live at one eighty and six five. Like you're gonna get killed out there." And I, you know, just watching some of the video you guys put up with that stuff, he looks much better. I mean, like it, it's it's noticeable even from you know watching it on video. I'm sure for you guys in person, it's even more you know clear. But uh, he clearly has put in some work and. Again, it's all there for Jaden Gibson if he can just cure the drops and do the things that – he's one of those guys that he's got to make the simple things look simple. He sometimes makes the simple look hard, and the easy stuff looks – looks looks uh looks, or excuse me, the hard stuff looks easy. So I, I did that really well and really smoothly. But there is – um, there's talent there. I mean, there's as much talent in him as any receiver in that room. So if he can figure it out and put it together – uh, one thing I do want to say while we're talking about receiver, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how Jeff Lebby through his career has really not subbed receivers a lot. Something I haven't given enough credit to, and I went back and looked, I even watched a, a couple of UCF games. You've got to remember with the pace that he wants to play at, like Eddie was just referencing, it's really hard to sub. Like you're not going to – you're going to get the first three out there are going to be your three most of the time. So that I, I actually – had someone kind of remind me of that, a, a highly valued listener um, who will know who they are um, that brought that up. And it, it's a good point. You're you're not going to sub in and out at the rate they want to keep the ball moving, where they're just setting it on first down and immediately snapping as quickly as they can. Now, maybe they change that up a little bit this year. That'll be interesting to see. And maybe that gives some guys like Jaden Gibson some more opportunities.
4: Are you guys worried at all about Jalil Farouk yet? Because I, I mean, I don't know if words is the right word. We just have not heard anything about him, and maybe that's a good thing. It's kind of know. like the Ginger yeah. Williams thing,
2: and I, he has a lot more uh, production on the field. Like we've seen it, so maybe he gets a little bit of a pass. But I do think that I don't, I I don't know. I don't know how you quantify like the preseason. Well, he hasn't been talked about versus this has been a bad preseason if that's what you mean
4: yeah and I I think it was a couple weeks ago I got a question in my mailbag that's like pick one player that uh is getting too much hype or somebody that you think will not be the player that everyone anticipates him to be and I said Farouk just because it feels like everybody's already penciled him in as the next Marvin Mims he's going to be that guy I just don't know if I see it yet and and I think he's a really nice player but I think there's other guys on this team that have a much higher ceiling. I, I think of a petaway could emerge as a guy. Um, you know, I Nick Anderson is somebody that's really stood out. Andrell Anthony is another name. Like all these other guys we're hearing a lot about that I think have higher ceilings. Not to say Farouk won't be a, a, a good player to have on this team and somebody that's very valuable. I just think at the end of the season we're gonna say a petaway or an Anthony, that's their guy.
2: Would it make would it make sense to say that for him to really truly end up being "quote unquote" the guy, he needs a lot of these other guys to have really good seasons?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he needs the, that's that's how I mean, you know, when when I mean Marvin was just such a great player and able to stretch the field, but you know, Drake Stoops and Farouk opened up so much for him too. So I think that's right. And, and I didn't even mention Gavin Freeman. He's another guy that it just every single every week, week. Every, every week he, we hear about he's him.
2: coming out of a scrimmage or a practice. And somebody's saying, or somebody's texting me saying, "Did you hear what Gav did
3: today?" I will say part of it is based on what we at we go. Who are the younger guys yeah. stepping up? So you're not going to hear fair. Rick.
4: You're not going to hear Drake Stoops.
3: It's fair. We're asking who are the younger guys who are starting to make their
4: mark. But it's like also, in Nick Anderson. But it's also, I mean, we've put up scrimmage notes and and we've heard things from the scrimmages, and he's not been the name that's come up in those scrimmages. It's been Andrew Anthony caught a 40-yard touchdown pass today, or it's a Nick Anderson caught a couple touchdowns, or Jaden Gibbs, it's it's just continually these other guys, and maybe it's a, they know what they have in Farouk, and they're not playing him as mm-hmm. much in the scrimmages, right. I don't know, but I just, it's interesting we haven't heard his name almost at all.
0: Well, and that's an interesting question, George, because is, has Jalil Farouk done enough to be the guy that gets the the scrimmage off, more or less? Like, yeah, I get that you know what you've got, but what – and again, a year ago, I was the guy that was beating the drums. Jalil Fruk's going to be the guy. He's going to be a guy. I think I'm kind of off that train. Like, I don't think he's a bad player by any stretch. I think he absolutely has a use. But if he is Oklahoma's number one receiver, I don't think this passing offense is where it needs to be. Like, that's the way I would say that. Oh, the Brooks lander is bullshit. <laughs> There is no slander. To let Major get his moment,
2: and then I have to sit here with Baruch, slander? I don't think that that's slander. It's slander. Is it slander? <laughs> I, it's not as much slander as much as it is, it, it, again, and this is, you could go to every position there's going to be a guy like this. I, I think everybody was so hurt by last year and the way that they performed on the field when you expected a bunch of these guys to make that jump, and maybe even going all the way back to Spencer Rattler that I think everybody's just a little bit cautious
4: about anointing somebody. Yeah. Do you guys think, though, that looking back at last year versus this year at the receiver group, is there more depth there? Like, do you feel like they just... Like, I know everybody's like, well, who's going to be the guy? I still... I think they have more talent than they did a year ago, and I also think... Here's the question. What position are they not more deep at?
2: Tight, tight end. end.
1: <laughs> tight end. Outside of
2: that, I don't think that there's a single position on this team that they don't have more depth right now than tackle? they did a year ago. Maybe tackle? In terms of what the ceiling can be? Because I think Dean oh, yeah. Green's obviously going to be extremely
4: good someday. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't think you want to throw him out there to but, the Wolves. But to your point, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely true. I, I was also going to say, I think the receiver room is going to improve just because they have a position coach. And, and that's no right. shot at you know Washington from last year but you know he was thrown into a position that was unfair to him and, and those players and I think Emmett Jones I mean it, we've seen what he's done on the on you know the recruiting trail but having that guy who's known for his developmental and fundamental skills I, I think is going to help them a lot so I, I think the receiver is going to be better than what we anticipate I just we just don't know who it's going to be yet that's fair that's fair do you want to talk about tight end? I mean, I, <laughs> okay, I would, love to, talk, I would love to talk about God tight end. I,
2: there's just nothing. I don't want to say there's nothing there. I, it, unless you want me to just sit here and list off every name and say, yeah. I, I,
4: they he's
2: a guy on the roster.
4: I will say Llewellyn, it sounds like he is healthy. Jeff Lebby was asked sure. that yesterday. Yeah, but it
3: was not glowing praise. No. At so all. So I don't know what
4: his I role is. the same I, thing, Bob. It's going to be Stogner and Blake Smith from yes. all indications. Those are your two guys, to, at least to start the year. Maybe a... A uh, Cade McIntyre can you know, grow into it. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. Yep. But that's about it in the tight end room. All no, right. it's,
3: it's, a,
2: it's <laughs> a tough position. uh And then, you know, we've talked about quarterback. I, Don Gabriel, I, I truly think that he can be a really good football player at Oklahoma. He just, again, he joins the list of guys that's going to have to go out and do it consistently
3: in the fourth quarter because we know he can do it. Right. Do it in the fourth quarter. Right.
4: I want to ask Josh, though, because I think Josh wrote, um, in the fearless 20 thing about Jackson Arnold and and potentially him playing more this year. Levy talked a little bit about their strategy yesterday and he didn't give away, but it does sound like they're going to play him some early in the season. They want to get him some reps. Josh, I I want to ask you if you're Jeff Levy, how are you handling Jackson Arnold this season?
0: Oh, well, I I couldn't agree more with the idea of, there it's not going to be mop-up duty. They want him in real time. Because again, kind of like we we're talking about with some of these other guys, and Marcus Major included, there is there's injury history here. Like this isn't just a one-time thing. He, you know, he obviously last year that's a freak deal that had nothing to do with him, but Gabriel's a smaller guy. And as much as they like to run the quarterback, those guys are going to take some hits. So I, I think you've got to get him out there in real time. And I think you've got to probably create some packages. And I I almost say that not because I don't think Jackson Arnold is capable of handling the offense. I think it's more about, I think that's an easy way to make, keep everybody happy. Dylan, we're not doing this because we want to take snaps away from you. We're doing this to give the defense a different look. We're going to go at it this way so that we can present them with some other things. So Texas has more to prepare for and show a little more on tape. And you just get to do some different things with Jackson Arnold because, again, we know he has a different skill set. He wants to, you know, go vertical. He wants to really attack from everything I've heard, not just his talent, but his mentality is a near perfect fit for this scheme. Like it just the way he wants to stretch the field like that's. That's what you're trying to do here. I mean, it's all about efficiency of movement. If he only has to throw one time to score instead of six, great. Like that that's that's what they're trying to do here. So, um, and I know that seems really obvious, but that is a foundational element of this offense. So um I, I think you have to do things like that. If you guys, I mean, the question that I come back to is what is the point in time in the season when things like You're not, you know, and I'm not saying that the wheels have to come off. I'm just saying you start the season four and two, or five and five and two. Like, what what point is it we say, okay, Jackson Arnold, we we need you to get some real snaps, Dylan. We appreciate everything you've done here. We've got to start getting ready. Like, I if if I wonder
2: when that point comes. I mean, if you're four and two coming out of the Cotton Bowl, I think that's when. And especially going into that bye week before Central Florida, you're starting to have conversations of will this staff make it out of the season? I know that's like uh, a conversation I don't think anybody's ready to have. Pod, it's all an right, uncomfortable we did it. Conversation. We made it. But if, We're here. If you're not 5 and 0 going into uh, Dallas, mm-hmm. something drastically has gone wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, guys, you, Eddie, if that's right, what fixes. A negative outlook better than a promising young quarterback. Hope like if you future. could, if you oh, it got bad start. Oh, but we've got this five star quarterback, and look what he showed you. He showed sure. you some flashes of oh. some special stuff like that buys you a lot of a lot of wiggle room there's if a lot you've of, got the guy under center.
2: There's a lot of tentacles in that though, because what if you had gone mm-hmm. out and you averaged forty two points a game in the first five or the first six, but you still are four and two then it's yep. even more of an uncomfortable conversation because it's a conversation that Oklahoma fans have had for the last six, seven years.
0: That That's when you unleash Bo and Natabare. I mean, so I'm ready. I'm ready to – I'm just five stars everywhere. i Let the I'm five ready. stars let's, play. Let's yep, it. Exactly. That's uh-huh.
3: all right. let Exactly. Sure.
0: Let the five stars play. That should be my mantra.
4: It would also – you should also note that uh, I think – and obviously Brent was coaching the defense at Clemson, but I think it was Trevor Lawrence's freshman year that they played him early in that season before – they ended up benching Kelly Bryant. Uh, I believe that was the quarterback, wasn't it? That yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were—I think they were undefeated when uh, Trevor, you know, uh, basically st- started the games. But I, they played him in early situations early in that season. So I think that they're—and again, Brent was coaching the defense, but he's seen it. He knows what it looks like. I would not be shocked if you see, you know, Jackson kind of, um, you know, play in those those early games in like actual game situations and not just mop-up duty because that's what Clemson did with Trevor Lawrence. So, I don't know. I I mean, how bad does Dylan have to be? I think they have to lose games, certainly, for Jackson to become the guy. Uh, I don't think – like, if they're 5-0 and and Dylan's just playing okay, they're not going to bench Dylan, I, yeah. I, I would assume. I think they'd have to lose – like, they'd have to go to Cincinnati and he'd mm-hmm. have to throw a couple of interceptions and they lose just in terrible fashion or something for him to – benched I I would think I know that uh we're gonna go ahead Josh
0: no 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 I I I was I was just go ahead Eddie I'm I'm being long-winded as usual so go ahead doesn't matter at all
2: oh no I was just gonna say I know that we are gonna hit on a bunch of recruiting stuff David Stone specifically uh in the uh YouTube show this afternoon but it is a massive week for OU recruiting if you want to just kind of go down on I know you wrote about Grant Burks on uh What was that, Monday or Tuesday? Monday. Uh, We got the Andy Bass announcement coming up on Thursday morning in Oklahoma City at Heritage Hall. It sounds very positive there. And then, you know, the big one coming up on Saturday with David Stone and the importance that is just overall for everything that's happening.
0: It's tough a few weeks as this has been for Oklahoma. The next couple could fix everything. I mean, like, if you come out of that with Andy Bass, David Stone, Grant Bricks, and uh, Nigel Smith on September 8th, I don't know how you're ma- – you look at that class and aren't pretty happy with where things are because you've got your premier offensive lineman. You've got a couple of big-time defensive linemen. Andy Bass is I- – I get a name that's not going to get everybody excited, but, guys, we were all there this summer. Andy Bass brings some unique stuff that I think Jeff Levy could really – like fits what Lebby wants to do with his speed, how physical he is, um Oklahoma can do a lot of stuff to create some matchup problems with with Andy Bass but Josh if you how how, how different
3: is he I think we felt like oh you had this guy a couple years ago and Brian Darby how different is Bass from a Darby
0: well he's got and this is something that I feel like over the last couple years I've come to more how does he win like what does he win with Brian Darby? It was like I I was there at the camp that he got offered at in Houston, and I thought he was impressive. But I I was kind of like, what what's he got? Like if all things are equal, how does he beat somebody? Andy Bass, like he can run past you. Like he's going to be faster than most people he's lined up against. Especially like you line him up at running back, and you you kind of move him out in motion you're going to put a safety on Andy Bass or a linebacker there. They've got no chance. There's not even a prayer. So I, I think that's interesting. And then you throw in how physical he is, how big, I mean, he's 200 pounds and he is muscular. This, this isn't just like a big kind of thick kid. Like he real like there's a lot of work in the weight room there to Andy Bass. So um, I think it's different in that way, Bob, it's because with Darby, I didn't know what his fallback position would be with Andy Bass. No matter what else isn't working, He's gonna challenge you with his speed. Like that, that, that's a problem that you're gonna have to deal with. Um with with Darby, like I said, he very skilled guy, good hands. There's a lot there you could like, but he wasn't the guy that, you know, another team's like he he could score at any point. And I think that's that's probably the primary difference I would see between the two. Josh, let's cut the shit. Uh, what's right? going on with David Stone? Is
3: no news good is no <laughs> what, news what is going good, on? good news going into Saturday. I
0: I kind of think it is. Um, I will say one of the things that I've seen a lot of people getting kind of wound up about was in the Lipscomb game. For those that haven't seen it, um, he played on like this kind of online televised feed that you could watch. And I've gone back and watched some of it. David had, I believe it was a tackle for loss, and he throws up the U, the Miami U, you know, fingers together, the whole thing. Everybody's like, oh, this is this is terrible. This is bad news. Knowing David and knowing how smart he is and how aware he is of everyone watching him, that felt like the biggest false flag I've ever seen. Like He's going to do all this for two years of trying to confuse people and keep people guessing and acting like this school was really involved. You know, like, oh, I might take an official visit to Alabama, but then the next day, Alabama's not even in my top <laughs> five. And like, all of these things he's done to confuse people. But within a week of his announcement, he's going to give it away what he's thinking. Like, I, that just seems like, and again, maybe in a few days, I'm saying, hey, he tried to tell me and I didn't listen. And that's okay. Um I've said all along unless I hear something very very clear I I just I'm I think it's going to be Oklahoma. I don't think that's going to change. I don't think there's any question that there are people around him that would rather have him at Miami. I don't think there's any doubt about that. What I do think has changed over the last few months because that's been true for a couple of years. Right. Like yeah, that exactly. that's not new news. Yep. Um What I do think has changed is there is a much better comfort, comfort level with those people around him and the staff and the program at Oklahoma. They, they, I think there is a better feeling of these guys are like, he's going to be okay. there. like, it's all going to work out. Even if he doesn't go to Oklahoma or whatever. Um, and I know a lot of people say, or I'm sorry. Um, you know, e- even if we don't want him to go to Oklahoma, he's going to be okay there. The, the, he's going to enjoy his time. They're going to take care of him. They're going to care about him. I mean, Josh, and I don't, think that's what don't this you boils remember, down to.
3: Don't you remember that that time when David Stone is at Michigan State, but his family's in Norman? Like, how big of a priority Brent and Todd Bates and them have made trying to win the family around throughout the last 18 months?
0: Guys, I mean, I you know, this – we all know anybody that's listened to this pod for a long time knows Gerald McCoy is a guy that I've known for a long time, have a great relationship with. I hate to name drop, but just it is what it is. There's no other way to say this. And Gerald and David and his family there, there have been conversations. I'm not, I I, I'm not going to let tell you that Gerald's given me all the background on that because he hasn't, he, he's been very diligent about, you know, keeping that separate and, and letting those conversations be their own. Um, but I, Oklahoma has done all it can to show David Stone like in his family that this is a this is a good spot for him and I know a lot of people say oh well he's at IMG because there was a there was a lack of comfort about him being in Oklahoma and I that that's that's true based on everything I've heard that is 100% true I think they've done a lot to say the environment in Norman is different Like, you know, with the the soul program and all the people they have around the players and all the investment, you know, Jaden Gibson talking the other day about how, how much of a mountain it is to climb as a new guy, because of all the support and all the structure that there is around these guys that have been on campus. Well, that's what David Stone would be a part of if he chooses Oklahoma. So again, I, I feel like this is going to be Oklahoma. I Miami's the only school that won't shock me. I think there there is a possibility. I just don't believe it. And when you talk to Miami sources, they think it's OU2. So, like, at some point, you know, like, and I, I know everybody's, oh, Waneri, Waneri, and I know I keep kind of coming back to secondary points, so I apologize. But with Waneri, you would talk to Missouri sources that thought it was going to be Missouri. You're not getting that from Miami. Miami thinks it's going to be Oklahoma. So maybe it changes here in the last, you know, 72 hours, but I, that's not what I see.
3: Is it weird that it's going to be like a Saturday night in Philadelphia when he's going to make this choice?
0: I, I, cause I, and again, guys, I had thought long and hard about like, do I go to this thing? And then I was like, Philadelphia on a Saturday night, I'm going to be at games Thursday and Friday. Like, it was just like, this is chaos. Like I can't, it's one of those deals where like, did David not look at the schedule? He's like, okay, I want to commit at a game. You know, I want to commit at one of my games. Cool, September eighth will work, or uh, you know, uh, August twenty sixth will work. And then they're like, "David, we're going to be in Pennsylvania." Oh, cool! Like where I have no ties, no people, nothing, exactly, <laughs> no, no anything. It's 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 a strange choice that you wonder if it was just kind of like they threw a you know a dart at a calendar and said, "This is when we're going to do this."
1: I am back. I'm sorry, uh,
4: George. I'm back.
1: I know we have beef, but.
4: No, no beef. It's okay. I, I mean, you write my check. So, what the hell? <laughs> you should give me carte True blanche. Words, basically, do whatever I want is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, whatever.
1: Uh, well, no. I, I, Eddie had to take off. He's got to get, get his car serviced. You uh, wanted to do that. He could only do that today, basically, because season's get ready to start. Because uh, he drives a lot. He drives around. He's put so many more miles on his car than mine. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, it, which, everyone knows, I don't do any work. So, Josh... Um, yeah, I it's, we're going to do another YouTube show. Your first uh, recruiting YouTube show is going to come up a little bit later today, so you'll be listening to the pod. Uh, go check it out. Uh, everything George and Eddie have been doing has been fantastic on, on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com slash scoop, as we told you at the beginning of the show. Anything else you guys want to get out there before we uh, head out for the day?
4: Josh, how was your anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. We talked to, hey, well, you wow. guys you guys, so, up, you guys I'm, asked guys to the boss on your own time. <laughs> <drive, laughs> all right. You guys talked about my dating I, life. I figured I should ask about Josh's anniversary.
0: I well, I'm hesitant to tell Carrie, so I, I don't know. <laughs> this this could end up coming back at me. Um no, it was a really weird one because we usually, you know, as as the guys know, we usually go somewhere, yes. you know, we're out of out of country, at least out of the state. And uh, we pretty much had dinner with the girls last night. We went, you know, Tiffany and I hung out through the day yesterday and then picked the girls up at school, went to a nice dinner last night. It was kind of, you know, their first chance to, not first chance, but one of their first chance to be kind of like at a nice restaurant where they had to mind their manners. And, you know, they've got guys clearing crumbs off the table in front of them and stuff. And they didn't, they were kind of blown away by that. But having two girly girls, that's a little easier than, uh you know if we had two wild wild ass boys that were just ready to burn the place down so it was it was good it was pretty subdued pretty pretty calm but nice oh
1: very
0: nice yeah i don't have any funny stories or anything i'd share something good if i had something you know if i'd have made a drunken scene or something but you know tiffany tiffany would let me imbibe like that so i didn't get to do it well we send
4: tiffany our regards
0: yeah, Why, what's yeah, she's with- she survived fourteen <laughs> years. That's uh, I'm actually
4: wondering this about too? job. I mean,
0: no, I I I do too. Every you guys can read my my annual Facebook post. It's always like, hey, congrats on making it another year with my ass. That's not fun.
1: All right, well, I'm glad you guys got to take the day. Uh, it's getting to be really busy, and uh, we're going to be all over the place. We, we pretty much spend every moment we get together talking about, okay, where are you going this weekend, and where are you going that? So uh, travel has been booked. I know uh, for Cincinnati we did that this week. Uh, I did. I, I don't know if you know this, Josh. I don't know if I told you this, but Cincinnati fits really well into the Big 12 because they price gouge just as bad as anybody in the Big 12 during game week. So our game weekend.
0: Awesome, great news, great news. But Carrie, I want to say you have booked that out several weeks in advance, and I am, I'm proud of you. I I'm excited about well, this because revelation. I'm in the
1: office every day, and George and Eddie are like, "Are we going to get to go? Are you ever going to book?" Yeah, we trip? just kept bringing
0: it up <laughs> every day. <laughs> oh, God, damn, this, I got to get this guy. Hey, coming. I I'm I'm excited to have allies that can just just hound him about shit that they want to get done. So. That is, uh, that's my job, usually, is to be a f***ing nuisance, so I, I'm for oh, it. Oh,
1: thanks. I really needed to edit this pod, too. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's going to do it. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40. Uh, coming soon to YouTube. We still have to set up the YouTube page for all that, uh, so that's why it's taking a little time. But uh, more video content coming more than ever. Uh, and also, don't forget, uh, use the promo code SOONER25 to get 25% off an annual subscription. To Sooner Scoop, that's as good a deal as you're going to get right now because, uh, well, for an annual subscription, I should say. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com.